You're listening to Beyond the Sermon, the podcast of First Methodist Church in Collingswood, New Jersey. On our podcast, the goal is not just to share our sermons, but to go beyond the sermon and talk about what we're learning and what God is doing in us and in our community. The sermon you're about to listen to comes from our fall 2023 sermon series, The God Who Rescues. In this series, we're walking with the Israelites from Egypt to Mount Sinai, looking at how God redeems and forms a people for himself. You can find more information about our church at fumccollingswood.org. Thanks for joining us for this conversation. Well, if you're listening to this the week that it's released, we are most likely in Houston, Texas. <laughs> and if we're not, something bad has happened. Oh, gosh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Have you ever been to Houston? No. no never been to Houston. Mm-mm. Be a first for both. So, thinking, what are they both doing in Houston? Stuffing our faces with barbecue. Yes. That is what we're doing. Pastor Jeremy, <laughs> Pastor Scott, why are we letting you go eat a lot of barbecue? Well, technically you're not. Technically we are going to the new room conference, but while we're at the conference, we got to eat. Got to eat. And so if I'm going to eat in Texas, I got to pick between Whataburger and barbecue. Most likely going to pick barbecue. Nine times out of ten. I'm going with the brisket. Yeah. with the Oh, you're a brisket guy? In Texas, that's like standard barbecue. I just thought like all of barbecue was barbecue in Texas. Like brisket. That's the one? Mm. Good to know. Yeah. Like Carolina, Tennessee, it's more Pulled pork, pork and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. St. Louis, it's ribs. Yeah, fair. Texas, it's brisket. Okay. Yeah. All those cows they have down there with the big horns. Yeah, yeah, No, no, no. I agree. Well, because then I'm thinking like Memphis, there's a pulled pork spot. That's phenomenal. But they also, I think, were technically the first to dry rub ribs. Oh, okay. uh, A place uh, on Beale Street. And so that's like what they're known for. But then you're right. And then you have the different styles of pulled Mm -hmm. pork sandwiches. More vinegary or with a slaw on top. Have you ever had it with a slaw on top? I do like it with a slaw on top. It's a game changer. Yeah. And it doesn't taste, if you're not a fan, uh, I would say we could do an hour on barbecue <laughs> now that I've gone down this. So we can get this out of the way. Otherwise, I will, uh, my mouth's already watering. Top three barbecue places to recommend to the people because you need to taste and see that God is good. Go. Where? Everywhere. Anywhere. Uh, there was a place in Mississippi that we would go. We, we just call it the pig. Like, whatever okay. the name was, we was shortened known it as the, pig. the pig. Okay. Um, uh, I went to a place in Nashville last year when I was at New Room. I'm really bad with names. So they were all so memorable. You don't know a single name. And number three? I, mean, I can remember the food. Yeah. Uh, I think I have a third one. You, Mr. Connoisseur, what are your top three? So change all Rattle the them off. if you get to see them. Um, I won't put them in order because that will be much tougher. And I'm hoping Houston will break the top three. But right now, I would say Payne's Barbecue in Memphis for pulled pork sandwich with the slaw on top. Phenomenal. Fox Bros in Atlanta for, I mean, everything's good, but their uh, chicken fried ribs with Alabama sauce. Didn't know that was a thing. Game changer. Is that's that like why, a white barbecue sauce? Yeah, that's why half of yeah, our yeah, college yeah. kids are going back to passion uh-huh. is because of Fox Bros. ZZQ in Richmond, Virginia is phenom- top to bottom phenomenal. And they trained in Texas with that 93-year-old lady that's really famous. I forget her name. That still does barbecuing. And then an honorable mention would be uh, the Peg Leg Porker in, in Nashville. 
is phenomenal. Those are the spots, man. Like Houston will change. All right, now that I'm hungry again, we should continue. Hungry for the word. Hungry for Man the does word. not live on pork alone, Jeremy. <laughs> That's in the Bible somewhere. I got to get a t-shirt of that. Oh, have you ever eaten frog? I don't think so. I think I was served snake once. Oh, but you don't know? No. To this day? Uh-uh. I think that was in Ecuador. That would be my guess, though. Because then you'd have a lot to snack on in Egypt when they had the plague of the frogs. That's true. And you All met. those frogs, says they're hopping around in their houses, in their pots, oh. all over the place. Just trying to get cooked. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you were mentioning how the plagues uh, all had connections to different uh, Egyptian gods. And so they were like intentional declarations by God to the Egyptian people. And I was wondering if you could throw out a couple of interesting ones that we could know a little bit more about. Yeah, so there were some like, one that would probably be an easier connection is like when the darkness came over the land, one of the big Egyptian gods is Ra, mm. right? The sun god. Mm. And so, you know, you kind of get this ratcheting up. But the, even the Nile turning to blood, you know, the Nile was represented by one of their gods, Happy. Yeah. And so each one, as it goes through, there's a, a god that it can make a connection to until it leads to Pharaoh and the firstborn. Because Pharaoh, as king, was considered to be a god. A god. Yeah. Oh, that's really interesting. Pharaoh was stubborn. Um, and scripture says that God specifically hardened his heart. Mm. And so I was curious, does God harden people's hearts against himself so they don't receive salvation? When it comes to salvation, uh, I don't think that God would harden someone's heart. But again, I, I still think that God was still only working within what Pharaoh had already chosen. Absolutely. And and the reasoning for it, we even see in verse 9, where it, the Lord says to Moses, Pharaoh will refuse to listen to you so that my wonders may be mm -hmm. multiplied in Egypt. There's an intentional and uh, there's purpose for thousands and thousands and thousands for this temporary hardening of yeah. Pharaoh's heart. Now, the easier question, does God kill innocent kids today? No, no. Why? Well... I mean, do thousands of innocent kids die every day? Absolutely, 100%. Is that God's will? No, I don't think it is at all. I think that's the result of living in a broken and sinful world that desperately needs to hear the good news of Jesus. And um, I think it grieves God's heart to see those innocent children die. And even when we look at this singular case in all of scripture it's not necessarily a common theme but in the singular version it's these things happen to save more this happens in order that many will be saved mm -hmm. and it's not something that he isn't willing to give up himself give up his own firstborn so that many would be saved sure and so when people talk about like the wrath and the atrocities that they will say that God has done in the Old Testament, it isn't something that he hasn't already laid on himself and his son for us. And I think this is one of the places where we really feel the distance between our own culture and worldview mm -hmm. and the culture and worldview of 
what was actually happening at the time of scripture. Not that it makes it somehow better, but this this power showdown between the God of the Israelites and these gods of the Egyptians yeah. just seems so foreign to us in our scientific, materialistic, 21st century kind of context. And so, even though it was a terrible thing, I think, for for those children to die, Absolutely. in the grand scheme of the, the cosmic battle that was happening, obviously there was a purpose that God was using it for. Now, the last question I have for you, because I'm really now convinced that we should just switch this into a barbecue podcast <laughs> on a weekly basis where we just travel the country and we just dissect every world-famous barbecue place. We eat the whole menu, and we just talk about each menu on the item. And if you're not up for that, it's Each okay. menu on the item. Maybe I'm the only one called to this ministry. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, I did want to leave you with one more question. How would you respond if someone inside or outside of the church said that Things that the Bible refers to as sin are things that I enjoy. I don't feel like I'm a captive to them because I enjoy them. And so, do I even need a rescuer as we go through the series called The God Who Rescues? Yes, you do. Because I would argue, or maybe even just venture to guess, that even if you're not feeling trapped by the things that we would necessarily label as sin, Mm -hmm. that there is somewhere in your life that you do feel captive. Um, And it might be that you're using those sins or those behaviors or whatever um, to try to deal with the captivity or to feel some relief from what you're actually captive to. Uh, and so you might be using it as a, a sense of escape rather than feeling bound to it. But I would, I would guess that there's something in your life, if you were to dig and do the hard work, that there's some area where you feel like you need to be rescued. Yeah, but we're, if we're in a wealthy enough position that we can afford those distractions all the time, at what point does one actually need to stop and think or reflect on anything? Sadly, I think that's where a lot of our American culture is. Just keep distracting ourselves to death. Literally. Literally. And so and 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 I think you'll find you that you reach a certain point where maybe today you enjoy it and today it feels good, but eventually, because of the way sin works you always need just a little bit more. And eventually you're going to get to a place where rather than controlling those sinful urges or whatever, they're actually controlling you and they're dictating the way you live your life because at some point you do become a slave to it. Jeremy, as you have thought about this sermon series now that we're a couple uh, sermons into it, what's God been saying to you? Where, where have you felt the connection to this sermon series in your own life? More the series as a whole, not necessarily this beginning part, but I always feel very connected to 
Moses in different stages of the story we have of him, where like the not feeling adequate to do mm-hmm. God's work and represent him in any capacity. So like, I mean, we, we were talking about uh, last week, it was Moses going before Pharaoh, mm-hmm. um, but we didn't go to, I think it's in chapter four or five, maybe it's four verse 25, where it's um, him saying, I'm slow to speak. Yeah. Please send someone else. <laughs> and uh, the Lord's like, who gave you your tongue to speak? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Please send someone else. <laughs> and so um, I've, I've always connected with that very deep, especially earlier in my testimony of when I was being called into ministry. That always really uh, connected with me. And then, um, spoiler alert, in the desert, when we get to there, the our, our Grand Canyon story of being uh, stranded in the Grand Canyon and... Um, uh, oh, like after they leave Mount Sinai and they're wandering in the wilderness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the next series. Oh, perfect. Well, can't get, it, can't get on to it. I'm preaching on that one. You I'm are. Oh. Oh, cut it back. Bring it back. Bring it back. I didn't say anything about that. Um, so I said, blah, 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 blah. Earlier in my testimony. I don't know. I just, there's, there's so much that I feel like God has rescued me from, even like within myself. Mm. Um. And so, like, even today, a bunch of our youth decided to take a a personality test that they found online. And we were going around and and seeing what it says and strengths and weaknesses and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm going through the questions, I was really struggling with, like, what's my natural inclination versus what I do now more naturally because of Jesus. Mm. And so I almost felt like I should take two tests. One that's Jeremy and then one that's Jeremy with the Holy Spirit inside. Yeah. Because huh. it would be, it would be, I mean, they were going like by percentages and they have you. Sure, sure. So sure. many things. But I think it'd be like 25 to 40% difference of what would be considered my personality, not of who I am as a person, but of my personality has been shifted by following Christ. Yeah. Um, and so that was... Uh, but so many of them are just like in positive ways that it's been shifted. And so that's where it's like, when we talk about like God rescuing us from our sins this week, and it's just like a lot of things in my sinful nature that are not fruitful for the kingdom. Mm. And therefore I've had to shift accordingly to best serve the kingdom and serve God um, and be kingdom focused. So like one, one of the examples, so Rebecca always says that uh, I'm the most extroverted person she knows and she's very introverted and I don't feel like an extrovert. Hmm. Even exactly. <laughs> Everyone that knows like I can be very sociable. Do you understand the definition of an extrovert? From what I understand Extroverted people very much look forward to and gain energy by spending time with groups of people Mm -hmm. where introverts regain energy and all that stuff by alone time. And I consider my alone time to be with my family. I think that still counts as introverted. Yeah, I'd say alone alone time or like... One or two other very yeah, yeah, close yeah. people. Yeah. yeah. And so um, I I feel like I recharge with 
just Rebecca and Theo and I together or in the smaller intimate conversations with people. Um, though I am very good at socializing and I can do that. And it doesn't drain me, but it doesn't refresh me usually. Huh. And so... Interesting, because watching you, it seems like you gain so much energy being around people and like being in a group of people. No, it feel, it, it almost feels like, for example, like young adults nights when I'm like four or five hours, whatever it might yeah. be. It almost like I'm enjoying it. But it's like God sustaining me through it. When it's done, I'm just dead and I collapse at home. Yeah. But it's never, yeah, I don't know. And so, and according to the personality test, I'm like almost 50%, 50% between extrovert and introvert. I am Um, not. (laughs) Yes, you're very much an introvert. (laughs) For those that don't know, uh, that's why Scott needs a nap afterwards, not from the preaching, but from the talking to people. I mean, you're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that he doesn't love the people and love the conversations. It's just a lot. Hmm. And so, she's been always fully convinced that I'm an extrovert. But, like I said, I just can very naturally socialize and I'm interested in people. Hmm. But um, one of the ways that I think she, reason why she also thinks it is because whenever we have an open night or two in a row, especially on weekends Mm -hmm. that we normally don't, I usually try to fill that up with time with other people. Right. And it's not because I need more social time. It's a, there's been people that I feel like we haven't gotten to lean into as intimately or people from outside of the church that we just haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And I know it might be two, three, four months until we get another opportunity Mm -hmm. to fill that slot with one of these people. And so it's more of like, I'm intentional with that time, not for my gain, necessarily but usually it's a i know it will be overall fruitful for everybody if we utilize that time because we don't know it'll be and we care about them and we love them and we want to spend time with them but like if it was if i was just given a week and it's like you only have one night where you don't have an obligation already if it was just me personally and there was no kingdom building it was just me you're like thank god yeah (laughs) let me not let me just you know do whatever with the family at home, go to bed early, whatever it might be. But because I've just gotten such into a rhythm of being focused on that fruit, that fellowship, that discipleship, depending on the specific group. And it's like, why would I not, if I have the energy, mm. my wife has the energy, why wouldn't we want to do that? And so that's where I feel like in my personality test, it'd be like, I'd prefer usually if it was just me again to not, but because of like being hyper aware, how important those things are and important to keep up those relationships, then I'm very intentional about trying to do that when we can. (laughs) You're baffled. (laughs) Oh, you're just making me rethink everything about you. That's all. Because even I think about like the times where you're like, You've been working on stuff in your office for a while, yeah. and you're like, "Hey, are there any kids I can play bounce with?" <laughs> so like, it just—it seems like all right, I've been doing this alone time stuff, and now I'm looking for people to kind of. No, it's a—it's a my attention span is dying off. Yeah, and I know I need to do another activity, yeah. so I might as well be fruitful and invest in a and invest in a relationship yeah. with that other activity yeah. versus someone else might, you know 
go home and I'll play a couple rounds of Mario Kart by myself or mm-hmm. whatever it might be, a personal, enjoyable activity. Yeah. This is a, nope, I have a relationship that I can build upon that's fairly readily available. I'd rather do that. So that's where, like, it's, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's the... <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's almost like you've got two tanks. Mm-hmm. Like, you've got your introvert tank and your extrovert yeah. tank. That and that's where, like, the, that's where the, the Pocono house mm-hmm. has been so important for me. Mm-hmm. Because it's one of the very few places that I feel like I can just turn everything off and focus on whoever's in that home. Yeah. And so that's where, like, even the, the past two, three times I've been away or technically had vacation time. Like I'm working, I'm texting people in youth and in young adults. Sure. I'm like, I'm still working even if I took off vacation time, which probably isn't the best thing. Linda, I'm sorry. Don't get mad at me. We'll work Um, on that. But, and it's not like a, you know, sometimes it's a, oh, I need to get this done and I didn't get it done before the vacation. Right, right, right. But it's not that case. It's there's just so much to do where Poconos, as long as I get all my ducks in a row ahead of time is usually a good time where I can just unplug, unplug and it is heavenly. And that's why we haven't been since June. Mm, yeah. <laughs> we've been nonstop rocking and rolling, but luckily our young adults are taking a retreat there, which will be a full house of 13 or 14 people. If you include Theo. Very restful for an introvert. But but even then, you know, we're gonna we're gonna be working on um, different disciplines within the faith, and so uh, I'll participate them and them, not just lead them. And so, like one of them is like go off into nature and just be in God's nature and pray and spend time with Him out in His creation. And so, like even if it's just fifteen minutes of that, that's mm-hmm. really really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how are you going to refuel yourself this week, listener? Are you going to be intentional about getting your introvert time if you need that? Are you getting community time? I would recommend eating some barbecue. Yes, if you're in the Houston area this week. <laughs> if you're anywhere, come on. I'll say closest, I'll say in this area within 30 minutes, you have 322 barbecue, which is half decent in Molucca Hill. Uh, it's more than half decent, It's good, but like compared to the whole world. Um, and then Feta Sow in um, Fishtown in Philadelphia is also going to be a really good bet. A little pricey, mm-hmm. but it's a really good one. You might want to... Stop by my house and get barbecue sauces. You're more than welcome to borrow them. They have some good vinegar ones, but I have some better stuff. So yeah. I just, that was my uh, bachelor party as we went there and nice. I took eight different barbecue sauces. Nice. <laughs> Way to go. But yeah, find a time, be intentional and just find time with family, with God, community. Well, that's our conversation for today. But that doesn't mean the conversation is over. We'd love to hear your thoughts on these topics as well. To ask a question about anything we've discussed in this episode or to join the conversation, you can head over to fumccollingswood.org slash podcast. Thanks for being part of this conversation.